Yo, it's your man Jam C. What up, what up? It's your girl Sha Money. It's your boy Lou Bim. And guess what? We're going vocal today. What people. we doing? What we doing? We're chatting it up. We're chatting it up. We got special guest in the studio today. But before we get to our guest, let's check in with the squad. Fellas, how are you doing today? I'm awesome today. Your man Jam C, the fan favorite, is always in great spirits. Oh, I deal in high frequencies, <laughs> always. He got one letter for a fan and he will not let it go. Please. It was no one more. letter plus a PS. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Lil Ben, how are you today? Your Lordship, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I had, well, Normally the question is, how was your week? I was prepared for that. Okay. Not how I'm doing today. How was your week, sir? (laughs) Thank you. Um, Because I will have you reprimanded. Okay, we don't want no problems. I don't want no problems with disciplinary action. So um, my week was, I don't know, for some reason, I was just getting hit with things that were just so profound. And I was just like, wow, wow, oh my God, whatever, whatever. But um, nonetheless. Uh moments? Yes, a lot of those. A lot of those. And it was, um, like, it made me say to them, your brain really still works. Like, you know, some (laughs) shit. I feel like that could be a compliment, (laughs) right? I'm not entirely Mm. sure, but we're going to assume positive intent here. Right, so it it works. Okay. My week has has been insightful. I like that. It was insightful. That's that's a refreshing change. Yes. I like that. Um, I think my week was good. Um, feel free to write in about my new braids. Um, if you want to know where I got them done. Thank you. I am trying to get my summer hair. I'm getting my whole full black girlness on for the next couple weeks. Um, wigs will be back and my wigs will be back in short in the interim. I'll be wearing these. But you know, I feel like I had a good week, a lot of work, um, a lot of research preparing for some of our up and coming series, so stay tuned for that. So and super excited about having a guest in the studio. Yes, yes. So um, we have been alluding to on previous episodes that we will be having um, a variety of shows coming out that are really thought-provoking and to use LLB's words, very insightful. And we definitely think these are things that are beneficial to the overall community. So we wanted to start a series on mental health because given a lot that's happening in society, I think that is something we all need to tap into. And I wanted to share a few, as we, as you guys know, I'm very historical and very anecdotal. So I like to share some facts about mental health because I think mental and physical health have to be balanced. That's my personal view. But again, we have a professional here who will tell me if I'm right or wrong. And if I am investing properly in my mental health, maybe I need more therapy time. But one of the things that I thought was really interesting is I looked on the CDC site Um, for information about really what's happening in the state of mental health over the last few years, especially given the recent public health emergency. We're seeing very common trends where one in five Americans will experience a mental health scenario in their lifetime. Um, One in five children are currently or will have a serious mental illness. So just looking at these stats, these are not, we're, we're talking about one in five. So that means it could hit your house or it could hit your neighbor's house. So these are not things that are going to be far-fetched. We see 1 in 25 Americans will live with a serious mental illness, something such as a bipolar disorder, major major depression, or schizophrenia. Um, Also, recent um, surveys show that 
um, suicides have spiked up. So from twenty nine, from twenty eighteen to twenty twenty, there was a small, uh, a significant decline in the number of suicides. But with the public health emergency and the impact that that has had on society, they're starting to see those numbers trickle up. And one of the things that was really kind of like eye-opening for me personally was that women are more likely to be depressed than men. So I found that to be very indicative of the lifestyles that we leave, the pressure that we put on ourselves, and just some of our responsibilities and how we internalize that. Um, but those are the statistics that I have. So a lot to think about, and that'll help us open up our discussion and this series on mental illness. But um, today, we have our lovely, beautiful guest with us. Her name is Ashiba Ellis, and she is the CEO, CEO, as I love to recognize yes. women who are bosses, um, of TheraCouch. And I will yield over to my co-host to give us a little bit of background. And then next on the microphone, we'll hear from Mrs. Ellis to give us a little bit of her stats. Great. It says here, TheraCouch was founded in 2019. It was important for me to create a company that removed the barriers of accessing therapy. I wanted to make therapy convenient for the working professionals, stay-at-home parent, student, and elderly. Yes. I believe that therapy requires trust, open, honest communication without judgment. <clears throat> it's not easy to develop a trusting relationship with oh, mental, not health, it. <laughs> mental health professionals. My goal is to make every client feel comfortable, express their true thoughts and feelings, rather than adopt the mythology of individuals and situations. As a therapist, I am down to earth, warm, encouraging, supportive. I offer a realistic approach to therapies that is very effective for my clients. I'm committed to helping you overcome your struggles. As a therapist, I will help you clarify uh, your goals and treatment, examine situations, process emotions, and pursue new careers of actions uh, that lead you to more positive outcomes. Uh, she specializes in anxiety, depression, care, caregiving support. That is very skills, important. Couple counseling, racial trauma, relationship issues, self-esteem issues, therapy issues, and women issues, as you alluded to in the stats. Uh, she also is the author of an e-book uh, called Power for Positive Thinking, Tools to Retrain Your Mind and Live More than living more fulfilled life uh, that can be found on the website at www.theracouch.com. Uh, she has a bachelor's in social work at Rutgers uh, University. Right here in New Jersey, folks. Yes, yes. and she has a master's in social work in Columbia. Okay, now. And. Uh, <laughs> That was not no online school either. No, no, she didn't get that at the Applejack box, trust me. Because uh, I would have found it before her, but nonetheless. Third Couch shares clients in New Jersey and D.C. So let's welcome Ashiba to the room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So let me say one thing, though. That, so she basically has a degree in intersectionality. Yeah, yes. everything yes. she just said yes. reflects yes. all of those things. I have, a, I have a scenario. I want to see if you're really good at, at what you do. Right? Okay. Oh, so, right off rip, off rip. Okay. We ain't playing no games. This is not a scripted show. Right. This is off rip. So, Friday, mm -hmm. me and my daughter had dinner, daddy daughter dinner, okay. right? So, I was informed that she needs to go to the drugstore. So, nobody's saying what we need at the drugstore. So, intellectually, I already know. That she having 
the, the girly girl uh-huh. thing, right? So we go into the store, and she's going to look for what she needs, right? So I go into the area, and I'm looking. I say, all right, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to see what she needs, you know, in case I have to go on my own to pick it up. And so I thought, like, hopefully she'll need one of those Kotex or tampon things, because if she uses one of them, I'm, I'm done. I'm gonna need to be on somebody's couch. She's only eleven. Why did she need this? Like she doesn't need that part. She just need the the tissue one. Yeah, she needs that part. She don't need the one that go up in it. So I would need your help. Do you think I need counseling for something like this? Were you traumatized? I was. So you may. God God forbid if she picked up the tampons, it would have been over. He told us this story before we started taping, so he is still working through that. Yes. But you can go on her website and schedule the appropriate therapy time, and be sure to put your insurance information on there. So she went to uh, Medicaid. <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself, where are you from, and tell us what led you to getting into being a therapist. What led you to that career? Absolutely. So I'm from East Orange originally. My parents are from Jamaica. Yes. Um, yes. Yardy. Yes. Um, so entrepreneurship has always kind of like been in my family. I always see my mom grinding and hustling. You know, as a kid, she started cooking out the house. You know, now we have, like, a family business. That's always been, like, in my blood to kind of, like, do your own thing and just, you know, strive to be an entrepreneur. So this is fast forward, of course. Um, So fast forward to now where I decided to kind of, you know, start my own company to where I can be an entrepreneur as well and just follow, like, the family family tradition awesome. of being your own boss. Awesome. So how far back do you want to know about um, me? Just, just whatever you want <laughs> what, to share. Uh, what got you into, why did you decide to be therapist, like therapist? Yes. So originally when I went to college, I went to be a teacher originally. Mm, okay. okay. Very admirable, Phil. But I placed into, like, a high level of Spanish where you have to come in speaking no English. I don't know how I placed into that at all. So I know I was going to fail. I didn't want to fail. So my girlfriend was like, Sheba, you should think about social work. You love helping people, talking to people, helping their problems. I'm like, you know what? Let me look into it. So that's something that you've always just done natively. You've just been good at. Absolutely. So I'm either teaching or the social work. So I went the social work route, and from there it's just been... It's been, it's been awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that um, with welcome. us. I think it's important to kind of give the background for people, you know, to how because the journey is never straight, right? Nope. That, mm-hmm. That's been my experience in life is that the journey is just never straight. But um, just kind of looking at as we were preparing for today's show, just looking at many of the statistics that are out there, it is really eye opening mm-hmm. um, for, for for me, especially as a female. And just looking at how they are indicating, and as I, I didn't share all of the stats that I saw in women, but do you think it is factual? And again, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Like, is it because the pressure that we put on ourselves as women, or why we are more pro predisposed at being more depressed than men, or is there something else? And and, and I don't need you to boil the ocean, but just what your experience has been since you're a professional. Definitely, um, from my experience, women do seek out mental health services more than men um, because they are faced with, like you said, being a mom, being a wife, you know, being a career person. So they have a lot more, you know, stressors. I'm not saying men don't, but women tend to have more on, I'm not saying that, but women tend to have more on their plates that they have to juggle, you know, so that does cause 
you know, depression, anxiety, and things of that nature. Wow. Um, and women do seek out services more than men. I mean, I recently started going to therapy this year. It's probably something that I needed to do mm -hmm. uh, much earlier. But I also um, had expressed in my own personal life, I had expressed to my siblings that I thought that there might be an opportunity for a couple of my siblings. <laughs> I'm suggesting to my siblings. Um, but I don't think that they're comfortable, and I don't know if they see that as identifying a weakness and because men are intrinsically and society puts a lot of pressure on men that you're supposed to be strong you're supposed to be the head of the family they may see seeking therapy as a, some type of weakness and I, can I, think, I say this Matt, can I add to that I think um, I'm a student of therapy I, I agree therapy does work I, I think women are more proactive in my mm -hmm. opinion to self help than men are because men have egos and a lot of times men feel like you know, I could get this. I could get this talking to my barber, or I could. I could get this talking to my cousin. And again, I can't speak for not every man. No, that's true. I can't speak for every man, but I can speak for me when I say it does work. It works. It actually, you actually become more enlightened because you get to actually see. You know, because therapists don't give you the advice, but they give you the exercise. So when you look at the exercise given, if you're if you're honest, that's one because right. you have to be totally honest. If you're honest and you do like, my therapist had me do something like what's called the pie chart. Mm -hmm. And it was based on to see how much time you get to spend to jam C throughout the week. When I did that pie chart, the exercise that he gave me for the week and it came back, I actually got to see that I give more of my time than I give myself. Mm -hmm. So I learned a lot about myself in that way. And it became so like innate that I always felt like if I was selfish of my time, it made me feel guilty. So and I, and I think a lot of people don't realize that we all do something innately because we've been doing it for so long. It's routine. Exactly. We don't really think. And sometimes telling somebody and they giving you the feedback, you're not really being totally honest and they may not be honest with the response mm -hmm. because you're not being honest. Mm -hmm. So I think therapy does work. I can speak for me. It works. So I, I, I know that I know that um, I, all transparency, if you was my therapist, I wouldn't get nothing done. Why? Because I'd be looking how beautiful you are. Oh my God, Jesus! Because Christ. I'm very professional, I will shut that down right from the beginning. You'll be able to get something out of it. Don't Relax. worry. Relax. No, yes, you would. Yes, you would. So listen, you know, we are still under the public health emergency, technically. So how has that? affected your ability to provide these services to your clients you know can you tell us a little about what kind of adjustments you've had to make or, how, or are you seeing more clients now because of the public health emergency absolutely so the pandemic has really just ooh, took everything to like times a hundred wow like the influx of clients that are seeking you know services when the pandemic started i would say it's just astronomical like the numbers have like triple, like it has really increased because people need so much more support in the outlets now um, because of everything that they've been going through, whether they lost their job, they lost loved ones, like oh, it's tough. a lot. They need mm -hmm. so much more support. So I don't even have the manpower to support how many people are coming, you know, into, you know, my direction to look mm -hmm. for service. It's just so much. It has really, really increased. You know, the need has increased far more than, well, you know, the demand. And so are you all still offering service in person or all of your services virtual now? Strictly online. I've always been online. Okay. When I started my company in 2019, I was like, you know what? 
I don't have to go into an office. My clients don't have to travel. They don't have to worry about, you know, traffic. Why not just start a company where I can remove all those barriers? So you were ahead of the curve. I was ahead of the curve. Oh, Before awesome. the pandemic, right. this was my business model. Strictly online cool. sessions. That's so cool. it has been the best. My clients love it. Really? I can only imagine when um, with people losing family members uh, due to the pandemic mm-hmm. and they weren't there to see them or they weren't able to visit them on their last couple of days yes. at the hospital, uh, I can only imagine mentally how that um, can affect, and I can see how um, business, because even during the pandemic, I myself, so as you can see, going vocal, we're very transparent, and we're all crazy as hell, because we all got therapists. We all got therapists. No, that's another myth. You don't have to be crazy. I can be playing, but a lot of people take that serious. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> but no, no, I'm saying that in all seriousness because people do think because you have gone to therapy that you are crazy. But right. no, we're not crazy. Right. It's just things that we want to talk about that we can't talk to the average person Absolutely. that would understand. Well, but, my fan, but you, you bring up a fantastic point. When I started going to therapy and I expressed to my mom that I was going to therapy, therapy my mother's first uh, response was, well, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. What are you? She says, are you upset about something? What is bothering you? And I said, well, I don't think anything's wrong with me, but I feel as though I need to talk to a professional. So that is that kind of leads into the next question that I wanted to kind of put out there um, because I've experienced this in my own family and I've seen it happen to other families. And I know our audience is very diverse, but it has been very taboo, my experience in, in, in families of color, black, brown, red, indigenous families where we're not seeking therapy. How do we demystify that? How do we get families of color who really need to get um, therapy? How do we make them feel more comfortable? How do we open those conversations? Like in a case where I want my mother to participate in my therapy journey, how do we get people more comfortable? I think the way to do that is to normalize like the conversations of therapy. Like we have to make it in our everyday conversations, not to where like, oh, you only need therapy if you're crazy or you only need therapy if you have a mental health diagnosis. I think the more we talk about it in like comfortable spaces like the the hair salon, the barbershops, the nail salon, you know, Mm -hmm. the more you just have in general conversations about to kind of normalize like, oh, like you go into the gym. It's the same thing we're going to see a therapist. Like to me, it's no different. Like I'm getting my mental my mental health checkup, just like I'm getting my physical checkup or going, it's the same thing. I look at it as the same way. So if we start to kind of shift the way how we define like mental health and treatment, I think it'd be more of something that we'll be willing to, you know, accept more openly. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's a good idea because people only think you have to get mental health services once something catastrophic has happened. Right. You've lost a loved one or you're going through a divorce or you're on the, the verge of a breakdown. But like you said, we should normalize, normalize this. Yeah. This should be part of our everyday conversations. Um, and that'll help shift the dynamic thoughts, Lou. No, I, I totally, totally agree with that. Um, and I'm just thinking of myself and I, I thought about something that was just totally Lord Lou Bimish, like okay. just off the hook crazy. Yep. Because yep. I remember like in my first marriage, um, it was failing, right? So we go to therapy as it was failing, right? So I go to therapy, but the therapist was beautiful. I'm like... You were distracted? Totally. 
Like, how do I get rid of her and get with you? Oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's, I don't want to, I don't want to get taken away from, because I'm ready to dump this bra. Like, that's happening already. This shit is over. Like, like, how do I get with you? Like, you know what I'm saying? But, but she, she can see, like, you know, it's too much baggage. You get over that, you know. She not said, that, not she, that, it, not that she, that she, she relax. Right, right. She told relax. me to fucking relax, right? <laughs> not that, not that she knew that I was going for it. Going, you know, checking my shot and that, but in my mind, I'm like, man, I'm going on, right? Well, you know what I'm saying? But, but it's just, you know, when you go there, and I, I'm a firm believer in, 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 in therapy and sitting down, talking, having rational conversations, uh, being um, transparent as well as being um, vulnerable. You know, if you're not vulnerable, it's not going to work. It's not, not going to work. You have to be vulnerable and able to, you know, tell everything. Tell, tell. And be honest. Tommy, it's difficult. You know? That is difficult. Like, I'm sorry. What no, no, no. I was, uh, was going to ask you to speak on that. So for me, in order, for me to get my clients to actually be vulnerable, it does not happen in the first session. Sometimes, you know, because I'm just, you know, I'm just good like that, but Mm-hmm. How do you build that trust with them? Damn. You gotta let them know this is a non-judgmental zone. You could be oh, yourself. you're speaking JMC's language. Like now. you could curb, you could talk how you want to talk in a session. You don't gotta put on. You don't have to do any of that. You could be yourself. This is just really? space. Take to, all those walls. Take it all. Take the mask off. Take everything. this is just space to be you. And once I leave with that, let them know I'm human, just like them. Then you see the wall start to come down, and that right. happens over time. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the that was right. that was one that was my thing. Where did it? Where was it said? You know, and I guess it's just in our, and I can't say if it's our community or all communities, but I'm trying to figure out where was it said that getting therapy makes you crazy? Why are you talking? Because I, I, from the from mo- the moment I started going, you know, to your point, yeah, you do start, you speak more, you're more comfortable. Mm-hmm. I think I was more comfortable from the jump because I was ready for it. Okay. I think like, I just think the. The more you tell, the more honest you can be, the more you get out of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I just, I think that people, I'm still baffled or bewildered because I, I know it's people out here that can use it right. in a lot of ways. So, so I'm let's, to let's out dive why. deep on that. Let's, let's open that part of the conversation up. So if someone is thinking, how would someone know that they, what are the signs someone should look for before they want to get uh, mental health services? Do they need to be depressed or are they going through a bad situation? What is it? So, if any area of your life has been affected, right? You've seen a change in, let's say, your overall like mood. You've been lacking energy. I use a two-week mark as my timeline. So, if this behavior, this action, or this whatever has been happening for two weeks or longer, and you've seen no improvement at all, it may be time for you to, you know, seek some type of services. Okay. Um, usually, with depression and anxiety, the two-week mark will determine if you've been depressed. You've been lacking interest in doing things. You're feeling hopeless. If it's been two weeks or longer, that's saying, okay, I need something else. I need to do something else. Maybe I need to seek out some support. Some that's, support. That's crazy because we had a, a listener write in, and their question was similar to what you're saying now. And it says, um, Dear Going Vocal Podcast, I'm writing you guys to first say I love your show, and you guys have a great chemistry. I especially love Shamani. How she, <laughs> how she holds her own amongst the two gentlemen. 
Uh, I don't know how she's able to deal with the lordship. <laughs> <laughs> and Gen C, stop hating on Shaw Money. She's clearly seen. That's a woman, clearly. She clearly sees. <laughs> That's a woman, clearly. Thank you for, thank you for writing in Gen C real quick. Let's plug the email address. Where do they yes. send? Continue to send this. Well, a bro who sent that email. She knows. But anyway, it's goingvocal at gmail.com. Spelling King, G-O-I-N-V-O-C-A-L at gmail.com. Okay, thank you. Go ahead. It says that uh, Gen C, stop hating Shaw Money. Who's clearly seems to be the real fan favorite? Um, I'm a 36 year old African American male who's newly married with two kids. I'm from the inner city of Irvington. I work at a pretty prestigious company. Since COVID, the lockdown, I was afforded the luxury of working from home. I recently gone back into the office, but the entire time while the country was on lockdown, I began to feel overwhelmed. Wow. Uh, with work, my marriage, the kids, everything else that comes with being a black man in, in America. Uh, I don't feel I don't feel as pressured as I did uh, when I was working from home, as I do as going into the office. My question is, when should someone seek mental health counseling uh, that they feel being overwhelmed? Is it telltale sign to seek help? Um, thank you. Thank you so much for your help. But that goes to what mm-hmm. you were saying. Oh, he crushing. That's what that is. He's a crush. Shout no. money got a 36-year-old crush. That's I mean, they, they follow me a while. I've already said that. <laughs> but no, seriously, I want to make sure that we're giving people. But yes. Ashiba, you were saying after two weeks, if they're seeing the same symptoms, they should. Right. So if your symptom persists, persists for two weeks or longer, that should be the time where you should be looking into possibly getting some services. So if you're feeling, you know, down, depressed, feeling hopeless, having lacking energy, your appetite is poor, um, if any area of your life is majorly affected, whether that's work, school, your relationships, you're seeing a change and it's been two weeks or longer, I would say that's the point to where you should seek out services. And, and are there, I know we we're, we see a lot in the media with, unfortunately, a lot of violence that's happening in our country here in the United yes. States. And many of these folks talk about, um, many of these um, the potential defendants have mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen anything like that? And, and we definitely, first of all, before I ask that question, we want to make sure that we're respecting everyone's privacy. We're not looking to get any specifics around any of your clients. Mm-hmm. And I know you're a professional. Yeah. You're, you're not sharing that. But like, is that something that you're seeing more now where people have tendencies to be violent? Um, and, and how do you address those kind of things? Well, fortunately, I don't know if that's fortunate or unfortunate, my client base, I haven't personally seen okay. them you know, deal with those issues. Um, but I do support like screening okay. for mental health um, in terms of, I'm sorry, we're not even on that question. Yet. Okay. But it's all right. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. It's an open room. It's not yeah. scripted. But no, I haven't seen that personally. Yeah, I haven't seen that personally. And my, you know, people that come my way dealing with like, you know, they having harm to others. Right. Like, no, they haven't. Okay. Well, they haven't told me, but I haven't I seen, seen that. Mm-mm. And no. so your clients, are they mostly relationships, you know, or is it more like depression from loss of income? Things like that. So majority of my clients suffer from anxiety, depression, and they have relationship challenges. Wow. Yeah, but majority is anxiety. That's the number one mental um, illness in the world is anxiety. Wow. Anxiety. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that could be, can that be brought on by any one thing or is it multiple things that could drive anxiety? So anxiety can be something that's just biological, something that, you know, is hereditary. Um, it could be. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, okay. you're predisposed, um, predisposed to that. Um, so also with anxiety, if you've been through something traumatic and then you don't have the proper coping skills, you always thinking that something is gonna, something bad is gonna happen, then that starts to develop, you know, the anxiety. So there's a many different, you know, ways to get mm-hmm. there. So how often do you do do you use the DSM five? Every time I see a new client, because I have to write a treatment plan, so it's just standard in our profession. So can you tell us, because I don't know what that is. I mean, I have a couple of degrees, but I don't know what that is. And I'm sure many of our viewers and listeners, so can you tell us yes. what that is? So it's the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, mm-hmm. basically where it has all the mental health diagnoses from A to Z. Okay. It breaks it down by the criteria. This is If the person has this, this, and this, and this, you can diagnose them with this. It's like our Bible for okay. mental health. Gotcha. Pretty gotcha. You didn't know I had a psychology degree. No, but okay. I like that. <laughs> You're going back to school. <laughs> <laughs> the lady at the college has been holding his transcript. So I think she, she, she just she released it last week. So he gave her free therapy for about two weeks so he could get his, his transcript. No, she's going to get free ass kicking. <laughs> <I> <laughs> she didn't give up them transcripts, but nonetheless. But, you know, you know, you, you met Lou LLB when he read your bio. He mentioned, like, you know, relationships. And I, I'm big on relationships because mm-hmm. I think they help make you who you are. So when you have uh, clients who want to talk about relationships, you know, like, do we ever bring the other part that's the other party to that relationship into the dynamic? And when is the appropriate time to do that if we ever do that? When you say the other party, the so party like, that is damaging, like, the third person? Yeah. Yes. Do you ever bring them yeah, in? Or is, mm-hmm. It could be. I'm just saying, like, you know, if, if we're talking about a relationship, like, say it's a family dynamic and, and there's one person in the family that's causing the stressors, do you ever look to bring those in? No. So that's separate from me. So you have family therapy and then you have couples therapy okay couples therapy no we're not bringing in a third person that no we're not doing that so you do you so do you do like the husband and wife separately and then bring them together nope i do them together from the first you know first session i always suggest you need to both have your individual therapist if you're seeking couples therapy oh really yes because there are individual issues to where you need to work on separately that has everything to do with the relationship but you still need to address that so that's a prerequisite like you need to get your shit together over here Uh, i recommend it but it's up to them to seek it to seek it now that's important i think it's important that they both come together Mm -hmm. and but you're saying recommended that being that you're here, that's great, but you guys need to see individually. You know what? I'm just li- I'm thinking about this. You know, a lot of friendships could be salvaged from therapy. Just listening to all Do this because you know how many things go wrong because it's miscommunicated. That's why I've never been a fan of text messaging because if you text you text incorrectly, somebody psychologically take it somewhere else. That's true. true. But like with with relationships, like so a friendship, like a platonic relationship. So if if one of your clients is coming in and expressing that they're having a hard time with a friendship, like do you give them exercises Mm -hmm. to practice? I do. Um, I give them, you know, because communication is is just basic for whether it's a platonic or, you know, you're married. Like communication skills is just communication skills. Um, So if they're having difficulties in a friendship, I definitely give them tips and pointers and homework assignments on how to improve that relationship. But I've never had two friends come in for okay. a session together. I've gotcha. never had that. But I'll be looking for, you know, but I've never had that before. Right. Mm-mm. But one of the things I do see here, too, that you work on, you help people with self-esteem. Yes. Self-esteem comes within self. So 
But you have to build self up for the esteem to come out, I'm assuming. Correct? Absolutely. So, this is a challenging goal right, for I'm a lot of my that. clients um, because you have to tackle the root cause as to like what is impacting how you view yourself. Mm-hmm. That could be so many different things. It could be your relationship with your father, your mom, not having one with either of them. So many wow. things impact the self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to really, it's not just, oh, I feel like I don't look, you know, it's way more than that. So yeah. I get to the, the real crux of the it. root of it. Like okay. what is affecting how you view you? Like what is the core of mm-hmm. who you are? And like, if we have folks out there, listeners or viewers that, you know, maybe they don't know where to start. Can you give them just like some helpful tips? Like maybe they can manage things independent until well, they can get, get in contact with you. Yeah, well, Sorry. definitely we're gonna do, we're gonna get into that. But like, you know, tell people like how they could manage some of these stresses. At heart. Are there any tips that you can share with them that'll help them manage things until they can get a therapist? Okay, so until you can get a therapist or if you're not ready yet for that step. That could be um, it, you're not ready. So I would say journaling is a very effective is a very effective tool because it helps you to get out of here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Get out of your own thoughts, your own mind. You, you know, you put it on paper. Get some of them thoughts out. So that's a great way to kind of release some of the thoughts that you're having that's kind of oh, that's taking awesome. up all your, you, you know, your brain space. You go back and read it. Okay. You can look over and kind of see like, yo, for the last week, I've been thinking about this this thing for the last week or the last two weeks. So let me focus on, on that. You can kind of see like the, the big picture when you write it down. Oh, nice. Right? Okay. Um, Exercise is huge for mental wellness. Even if you can get 10 minutes, 15 minutes in a day, it does amazing job with reducing depression, anxiety, mental, I mean, physical health is like key. Okay. Mm. Any client that I see that's suffering from anxiety, depression, I get them on a, reg- a regimen to be working out and eating right. Mm. So those are things you can just start off with just by being at home. You can just work on those, you know, those things. All right, sure. people. I journal. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think walking outside helps. I always, I always tell people all the time. I tell these guys like I try to do a five mile walk, and I try to do it at least once a one, like one day a week. So I do it every day. I just get out and I do three to five miles, and it helps me with Absolutely. any, any. I don't really stress, but if you know, I think we all stress to a degree. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel it like others, but because I move around, so I think when I walk, when I get in, I feel better. I agree. Five mile walk, long as the McDonald's and Wendy's in between that, we fine. But um, I had a question. It was one of the questions that we proposed. It's it's something um, uh, I just had it here. Uh, how do you relieve? Uh, what? Do, how do you find relief from the pill that you get provide support? Uh, so many people, yourself. How do you um, decompose? How do you um, let go some of this, all this that you hear and all that you mm, take yes, in. Yes, how do yes. you relate in your life? Other than think about me, but how do you let that stuff Well, go? other than that, <laughs> given that you just met a right. 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 I have my own therapist. Nice. Do you? I do. I nice. do, I do. You have your own therapist. I have my own therapist. Have to have therapist. Absolutely. Yeah. Bing, 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 you check the box. It is mm-hmm. needed. Oh, wow. Yes, because you're taking in so much from like other people. I need my own space too. Like, yeah. right. I need everything for everyone. I need someone to be that 
from me. So I'm I pretty sure, um, like, and I, I've told my therapist this. I think I just told my therapist. I hope you're watching. Um, I think I literally told her. I said, I, I, I feel like sometimes when I come into my sessions, sometimes I hold back because I feel like I'm dumping so much on her. And like now that you're saying that. Therapists have therapists. Absolutely. I'm gonna just let it all hang out. Now. Go, that's the purpose that's the but, it makes, but it makes yes. sense that because you have to have a space where you can get your relief. Absolutely. I didn't. I, I didn't think that's about why that. I see like why like policemen, lawyers, mm-hmm. um, doctors. I was in the case management field, so I had to get therapy because mm-hmm. you hear so much, you take in so much, so much and yes. you try to give people. Because so, the difference is in those jobs, you have to give it back. Mm-hmm. So when you give it back, you're losing a lot of you. Mm-hmm. So you got to have to talk to somebody else in order to get back to you. And more so, too, the, the thing is, and the key is, and it's a skill, to not attach yourself to what's being taught No, that's you. true. You're right. You know, not yeah, to take on that. Yeah, how do you do that? That, that, that? that does not come overnight. No, no, like, no. Definitely. You're right. Let's, you're let's, right. let's hear from her. How, does, how have you dealt with that in your career? To me, it just takes some time um, to know, like, all right, I need to leave work you know, at work. Um, it's not something that I learned within the first year or two. Like, it really took me time to realize, like, okay, I can help people. I can be a vessel, whatever, but I don't need to, like, take on everything to be effective. I can still be effective and help you, but I don't need to take on everything. Right. Because that, that can be overwhelming, right? That did not happen overnight. Wow. No. That's interesting. So, in other words, so, in your first couple of years in the profession, you were taking a lot of this stuff home. Definitely. Thinking about Definitely. it. Definitely. That's what burnout happens. Yeah, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. But exactly. now I'm like, I'm put, mm-mm. okay, all right. Lights off, computer off. All right, let's go watch my favorite show. You know, like, mm-mm. That's hard. Yeah. That's, that's very hard. Because then you, you'd be saying to yourself, like, damn, they, she said they're having trouble eating. They don't have, I got, I got some stuff that I ain't going to use. And you start thinking, like, yeah, can I take absolutely. this How over? Can help? But yeah. now you're crossing the boundaries exactly. of, of so how does it work when the treatment plan so when does the treatment plan come in is that something that you create immediately or is that created like later as you're working with the client well every therapist is different for me i do that within the first three sessions definitely not the first but within the first three sessions because Mm -hmm. i allow the client to create their own goals i want them to have the buy-in i'm not creating the goals for you so i give you some time to kind of figure out what it is that you want to work on in our session okay so what brought you here True, but sometimes you got to bring it in a little bit because that can be a lot, you know. So I ask them for three goals that they want to work on, you know, during our, set, our time together. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. And so basically clients have to be, you know, actively participating yes. in their journey. Absolutely. I'm not the type of therapist that's going to do all the work for you. Like you said, like when yes. you're open and you're honest and you're vulnerable, you get more out of it. Absolutely. You're going to do some work. Like, okay. I'm not, like I'm not getting you to... The finish goal by myself. You have to join that. I think that's the thing people don't understand. That's why anybody who asks me, I tell them, you have to, you got to be really vulnerable to put it all out there because it, it's not going to work unless you do that. Right. And it does work. It takes time. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. Um, but it does work. Absolutely. You know, you almost have to look at it like, now that I told you, it ain't my problem no more. That's your problem. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, like, it's like a wait. Because you leave it there. Right. You, know you leave saying? it there. You leave it right there. You leave it right there. Definitely. So one question that I, 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 I know would be helpful for me is that, like, you know, we have all these generations. Like, our parents are the baby boomers. We're, like, X and millennials and all these other things. Like, how is it providing services to all of those different 
age groups because they're not this, they're, they, they have different needs. So how do you tailor that to the specific generation? You know, because millennials need something different. The generation Y and the X need something. Baby boomers need something different. How do you manage that? Absolutely. Um, so right now I have clients. I don't do like um, teenagers. I do young adults. They have to be 18 and older. So my oldest client is like in her 70s, right? So oh, for me. 70s? Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so for me, again, when you come with a human approach, it doesn't matter. Okay. Like, I'm not better than you. I'm not bigger than you. Like, yeah, I'm your therapist, but I'm still a woman. I'm still a person. So once I come on that level, it doesn't matter how old you are. Okay. They're going to be like, oh, okay, she's not talking down to me. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. she's still giving me things that's going to help me to be better or to have less whatever it is that you're coming to me for. But I'm never talking down to you. Like, oh, I know more than you. I'm, I'm better. Like, so it doesn't matter to me the age. I'm still going to reach you. It doesn't matter. Nice, nice. Do you ever talk about like a spiritual component to your therapy? Because I've heard of people doing that. And I don't know if that's a, I guess it depends on the client. Um, but do you ever weave any of that into any of your therapy sessions with people? Because I'm a spiritual, spiritual person, not really religious. I keep it very basic. Okay. Because you can offend someone just yeah. like that. That's you can true. turn them off. Just like that, by mm-hmm. saying, you know, whatever your beliefs are. And That's I, true. Gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. And that you have sense. therapists who do just, you know, religious-based therapy. That's not what I specialize so I think in. I've seen that. Um, this go back though. Um, they they used to have that on a when the intake mm-hmm. when they do the therapy intake. Sometimes they would have that would, that question would come up. You know, yeah. Your faith base. Yes. Um, and I think yeah, to her point, to Shah's point. They, that does come across, and some therapists do practice that. Yeah, one thing that I heard from folks in the workplace as we were starting to return to the office is that many people started to seek out therapy during the public health emergency because they were struggling with being in the house so much with their families and they weren't mm-hmm. accustomed to that. Have you seen that trend? And how are people? How are you teaching people to deal with? You know, you have to spend time with your family. These are people that you like. Or you should like, like how, how have you seen any of that? Yeah, like who wants to be locked down twenty four seven with the same people for for, for, for two years? Like yes, it's a lot for anybody. Crazy. It yes. is, it you know, terrible. like so. However, you can break that up, um, that repeat, you know, cycle of doing the same thing every day. Whether that's you may be in the house for let's say an hour or two or whatever, go outside, like just do something, like leave go the outside. house, okay, go take a walk, go take a drive, you know, go get some ice cream, like break it up a little bit, like because. Be a lot for anybody. It's so like, woman. You're gonna go crazy. Like, you can't. I'm like, that word, but. It seems like with the, the person that wrote in, mm-hmm. that they were saying that when they were locked in down, they felt overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And now that they're back in the office, they're not so overwhelmed. So it kind of yes. gives you that. Did they get the chance to break up their day? Absolutely. And they're not with this person that they, you know, married to or love or whatever all day. Absolutely. So looking at what we just learned today. Um, 18 to 7 I'm still fucking 75 years old in therapy yeah. like wow so it's like I'm thinking if you reach 90 you still need therapy I think no matter where you go in life because you could be therapy. dealing with your mortality yeah, at that that's age true. right I never so thought about it that. as people are starting like to wow. get older I mean I'm, I'm getting ready to hit some milestones in the near future and I think 25. as people 
25 again. Mm-hmm. And as people are starting to get older, they're dealing with their mortality. Yeah, Absolutely. Wow. You're approaching on that end of life, and that can be very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Even even the more successful people, too, it's like you still need it. It's wow. I mean, but it works. I mean, like, it works. It works if you make it work, yes, right? Yeah, it's, it like, it's like you set the plan up and people work it. Um, but I think it's important that, you know, um, we, we have a therapist here and they're telling us different tips. So we want to encourage our audience, our listeners to take heed to some of these, um, you know, tips that we're hearing. And Ashiba, if people need to reach out to you to get your services or your business, please tell them how they can get connected with you. Absolutely. So the best way to do that is through my website, www.theracouch.com. And absolutely, you got to make sure people get what they need, okay? So on there, you can schedule a free 10-minute consultation, and you can book that with me, and then we can kind of see if it's a good fit, you know, and we can kind of take it from there. Awesome. But that is the best way to reach me. You can find my email address on there and my phone number on the website. And she's spoken for me. <laughs> so we want to encourage people that, like, you know, um, if you are in need of services, um, and if people are outside of the metro New York, uh, New Jersey area where you are practicing, if they need to look, is yes. there a, like a generic place that they can look to get started? Absolutely. So most people start with um, calling them on the back of their insurance card. If you have insurance, you can call the member services number on there and see what providers in network with your insurance. Also, there's a website called psychologytoday.com. That's where most people find their therapists. You can go in there. You can filter it out by your insurance, what type of services you're looking for. You can see a picture with the profile of the person. You'd be like, oh, I don't like how that person look. Whatever it is, you can you know, go through everyone's profile. So psychologytoday.com is a great resource. For no matter where you live in, in um, you know, in the United States, you can find a therapist for you. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I, I, I went through like a crazy. I went through the insurance process, mm-hmm. um, and that's how I. They didn't. Likewise, yeah, but I, they didn't have what I needed, so I went outside of that because um, I wanted someone who understood the black experience. Mm-hmm. So I got a therapist that focused on black and brown communities. So that is that. So and, and I know we have to cut this short. But that is true that where um, if a therapist is not giving you what you need, it's okay to say, listen, this is not working. I need to go and find someone who's giving me what I need. But what's what's the trigger for that, though? Like, how do you know if it's working or not? To me, you could the vibe, the energy, like sometimes you can just feel that like this this person is not for me or you're not understanding me or I have to still put on Mm -hmm. like if I have to still put that mask on, eventually I'm still not feeling comfortable being me. It's not a good fit. Mm. Mm. Gotcha. And, but then also therapists, they do study different yes. dynamics and different fields. So you need to know where, but um, the average person doesn't know what a psychotherapist is mm-hmm. or uh, to go in different areas. And nor do they know what they need when it comes to those type of um, looking for someone to help them. Right. So... How does that, how can someone identify that they're finding the right person in that respect? Um, so we can start from the top. So psychiatrists, medication. They prescribe meds. They're all about medication. Mm. So if you're looking for medication management, start with a psychiatrist. If you're looking to have an assessment done, let's say for work or just whatever, a psychologist. They also do therapy as well, but they're good with like testing and assessments. Um, a licensed clinical social worker or a therapist like myself or a psychotherapist, we do the whole the whole gamut, the whole array of things. We can 
um, diagnose you, we can provide the therapy, but we can't prescribe medication. So those are the three different tiers. Okay, if, if you find that you have a client that um, once you've assessed them and you think they may need meds, do you refer them out to I someone? refer them out, yes. Okay, gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha. I think this is... I think this is going to be helpful for yeah, people. Very. I think I, it needs I'm a second a show. I, I, it's, I'm a willing, series. it's a series. I'm willing to see you too. Or somebody <laughs> else, wherever you may have. No, whenever no, you no. want to come have no. you back again, no, I'm, we're I'm happy willing to have you. Like, listen, more than I happy. think what you've shared is, I know it's been helpful for me just for, um, you know, the point where you referenced we need to normalize this, right? Yes. I think that's really key to these conversations. These shouldn't be one-offs. These should right. be things that we're doing on a normal basis, having with our family and the people that are important to mm-hmm. us. Um, so that's what I want people to have as a key takeaway and to think about it. And folks, if you have questions, um, if you want to stay anonymous and you want to get connected with Farrah Couch, please, you have her website, but you can also email us and we will refer you to her. We are not licensed, trained. Um, professionals but we are connected and we have someone in our network and we want to encourage you to like you know again look at the clues and look at the tips if you have someone in your family that you think could benefit from these services we want to encourage you to reach out um, to get the appropriate services to provide the level of support that you desire so we want to thank our special guests our um, Ashiva Ellis and the Thera Couch family for joining us today and helping us with such insightful that's going to be our new word for the week um insightful information um again we know that mental health and physical health they go hand in hand so we want to make sure all of our listeners are in sync with that so continue to write in and we want to thank the guests that have been writing in of late we have been getting some fantastic information um different um insights on shows we want to thank our guests from last week, Sean Kenny, who came yes, in yes, when yes. we kicked off salute, the Marriage Counseling. Salute. I mean, that show went marriage live, Chronicles. and yeah, Marriage Chronicles, and within a 24 hours, we were having tons of feedback uh, coming in. We anticipate we'll get similar feedback from this series as well on mental health. Um, so we want to continue to ask you to write in. Um, guys, any parting words before we get into the GYST? Uh, sure. Also, to make sure that um, you can always reach our guests at www.thoroughcouch.com T-H-E-R-A-C-O-U-C-H.com Okay, you ain't crouching on the spelling bee camp. <laughs> no, 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 that's a G-E-B. I got a G-E-D. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we want, so guys, we want to go and transition transition into the part of the show that I love because it just boggles my mind how people continue to do crazy, crazy and strange things. Um, whether it's putting things on people's tabs or oh. now gas stations are requiring your credit cards to have certain amount. Yeah. And I, I, I've experienced that. I think GMC, you mentioned that yes. like people, it, we are still, um, you know, in a public health emergency where we have almost double digits unemployment. Um, I can't understand. And I've yet to see a justification, a sound justification for why if I'm getting $20 worth of gas, why you need to hold $175 on my credit card. I think that's insane. I think that's it. I think it's a a price gouging. I think it's uh, businesses trying to take advantage of consumers. I don't think it's it's right to do. But anyway, I'm going to yield over to LLB to hit us with your GYST. Yes. Go ahead. Let's let it rip. My get your shit together. It goes out to um, Tim Norman. Who's Tim? Who's that? Is that one of your buddies? No, I don't know this stuff. 
He's a star of uh, Welcome to Sweetie Pie, that show that was on. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the cooking show. The cooking show. They yep. had a restaurant. Yeah, the yeah, restaurant. I know Sweetie. And he was sentenced to life in prison. Mm hmm. Right. Yep. Yeah. It was a murder plot. Right. Go, so, go. 2016, this greedy Negro, mm -hmm. right, paid a guy named Travis Hill, no relation, uh, to <laughs> kill his nephew, Andre Montgomery Jr. Yep. Uh, because he had a life insurance policy out for his nephew in the amount of four hundred thousand, um, and needless to say, uh, everybody start turning state. Yeah. Everybody start telling. So it's so the four people that was in um, indicted on this charge, um, along with I mean him and three other people were indicted on this charge, and the guy who actually did the shooting, which was Travell Hill, he started singing. Then he started fa la 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 la. He started singing, <laughs> and so to get a less lesser sentence. But the guy on Sweetie Pie, uh, who was the son of the lady who owns the restaurant, mm -hmm. he is sentenced. He could be sentenced to life. Yeah, um, the mother, who oh. Sweetie Pie lady, the, the lady who well, the show she hasn't on. she hasn't said anything. Hasn't she's been very quiet. It. I think she's devastated because they appear to be a very uh, close uh, a close knit, knit family. family. This was like the you know as we heard our our guests um, speak to you know it was integrated in their family structure. So I think they're still reeling for this. They can't believe, but it always shows how greed will creep into some people and take over and make them make really bad decisions. And the insurance company haven't paid them out. They haven't paid big policies just like that. Mm. So if you're thinking of doing a murder for hire plot and it's involved an insurance company, they do hella investigations yes. before they pay that out. So you better be careful. Jam, what you got? Uh, Mike, get your shit together. Just going to um, Gilly versus Rick Ross. I got I got seven, but See, it's all be careful close. because y'all know how circuit. I feel. Gilly versus Rick Ross. Funk Flex versus Conway the Machine. Funk Flex versus Pete Rock. Oh, Flex. I guess my beef with all this, um, I look at I look at today's climate where we all are financially. And a lot of us, and again, I can't speak to those guys, but they, they seem to be doing all right with their respective lives. Okay. But they beefing over shit, some shit that's so, so minute. It's trivial. It's yeah, so, so trivial. It's so minute. And then to put it so out publicly. I can't speak to Gilly and Rick Ross, but Funkmaster Flex been doing this for so long mm -hmm. to people, and it does it just doesn't make sense. And all of it is just it's their business. So Pete Rock has several lawsuits out there for whatever his situation is. Flex don't really have to put that out on Front Street and then give your own opinion because it sways the opinion of the public, and it makes it does us, a disservice you to got, all of us. You got a lot of these new school artists that don't respect the old school artists. And I, and I understand, I can understand why old school artists feel the way they do. Because if my father was the first one to, to make a car with four tires, wouldn't it be right for me to thank him? Because yeah. we wouldn't be driving. Mm -hmm. So I understand why the, the old you school, art, the old school artists are mad. Because if you. it wasn't for Run DMC, it wouldn't be Drake. Right. So you got to be honest and give them homage. And instead of Flex facilitating that com communication... He jumps on the bandwagon and starts disrespecting the artist. Yeah, so yeah, they need to get their shit together. Get y'all shit together. And don't nobody say nothing about Rick Ross. That's all I'm saying. Because <laughs> no, I love you. his cows more. He say, yeah, I Listen, my cows but, but you have to understand. <laughs> so we're not going to go down that path because I will terminate my contract. But, <laughs> but my GYST this week is once again to the Republican Party. And I'm not saying that I disagree with all of the Republican concepts 
in theory, but there are many of them that are completely outrageous, such as Senator Marco Rubio and Kevin Kramer trying to introduce a bill to the House that requires child support at conception. So I know we've mm-hmm. talked about it a lot here um, about the Roe versus Wade reversal and how that's going to impact women um, across the nation. But I just, support at conception. I'm just struggling with this and I, I, I've read through it and I, I continue to read through it and I'll probably come back to it at a later date. But that is just the most asinine thing that I've ever heard to ask someone at conception to be financially responsible for um, a life that has not come to fruition. I think that is just asinine. And shout out to them and their foolish practices. I mean, they're never meaningful or intentional or even helpful to people. I think just the mere thought that someone should have to be financially responsible for an unborn child at the point of conception. There are so many decisions that have to be made post-conception. And I think financial matters are the least of them. Um, So just shout out to them. You guys need to really get your shit together. And with that said, people, that's the end of the show. Peace. We out. Tune in to the pod squad.